Lucky you. 36 you pistols and golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about Sandy. golf. Poker. James Bond. Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script. Down the stretch they come. We are glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> well, guess what, Alternate Shots fans? We have a tremendous special guest today, don't we, Billy? Who do we have today, Billy? We have Eric Cole, and I'm I'm up at my home away from home in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun, and I'm taking a break from, you know, taking everybody's money so I could just meet this fellow and, and hear some of his stories. I've been very impressed by the way he played all year, and thank you for joining us, Eric. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to getting into it. Well, there's two things we're not going to record so that those 64,000 IRS agents don't come after you and Eric is what you won <laughs> yesterday, which I think you told me technically. I don't know that text what that meant, but what he's done this year is uh, like uh, exponentially bigger. So so yeah, would, you, would you like to play a couple of hands later, Eric? I. Uh, <laughs> From what I hear, I think I might be uh, outclassed there. So I might just stick to the talking about golf. So when you play here, what's your handicap when you play in a black game? Do you have to eat uh, a four plus uh, four plus six plus yeah, eight? It's, uh, I think, typically like plus four, but they play a Stableford game. So I play to a plus eight. All the pros do. It's <laughs> not just me. So uh, I don't know wow. if you say this, but Ryan Armour, who plays in this too, would say to you, Billy, and me, and some other guy that get paired up with him, he says, sorry, Ron, it's the first tee. And you say, what are you sorry for? We're thrilled to play with you. He says, I have to give eight shots before I tee it up. Yeah, you know, uh, this is our home course and stuff, so we uh, know it pretty well. So I think it all ends up about even, but uh, you definitely don't want the pros to come in and be sandbagging at all. So plus eight is good with us. Yeah, Has so anyone ever made a one for two? <laughs> uh not with us there's a lot of uh a lot of two and a halves because we get half shots back on right. so uh but yeah I, you know this the skin side of it is typically uh we don't get a lot of skins but sometimes we do all right in the in the team games i don't remember the young lady in the solheim cup who had the hole in one wasn't she a member here i'm not sure oh yeah there's yeah. a young lady that's a member here who played in the solheim cup for the europe team She's fabulous, and everybody loves her. She had a hole in one, so she would add a one plus, put to, <laughs> but a two, because she's got to be in there too. So we're looking behind us. You can see in the distance, right? That uh, uh, that uh, oak tree or pine tree or whatever it is behind us. That's the 18th green at uh, Tequesta Country Club, which was founded in 1957 here in Tequesta. I'm jealous. Yeah, you would be a driver in a three wood, Billy. <laughs> good three wood. Yeah. He still has an Olimar. Remember Olimar? Yeah, I do. those are great. Yeah. 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 What a year. But talk about the big P word, persistence. Yeah, no, it's been a long road to get here. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously very uh, happy with the way the years went so far. We still got the fall to play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I played a lot of mini tour golf all over the place, all over the country. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it took me a lot longer to get to the PGA Tour than I would have liked. If I was writing a script for myself, I definitely wouldn't have written it this way. But it's uh, it's kind of uh, makes it a little sweeter, you know, knowing how much uh, work I put into it to get here. So I'm I'm very happy with how the year's gone and hopefully we'll finish it off well in the fall. You never know with scripts, too. You might, you're not, might not be as good an author as as uh, the author that has fate in store for you. So. Yeah, you you're here. Right. You're here and now. Yeah, I hope you're right on that one. Well, we're very 
we have loads of karma to share. And that's what the <laughs> idea here is, right, Billy? We share lots of karma. And I go, remember I told you, Billy, if you go back to February, I just had my hip replaced. So I was trying to get some exercise. I walked over here and who I see hitting balls is, well, it's a regular occurrence is Eric Cole. And I try not to get in people's way. I ran into Cam Young the year before after he just lost to Cam Smith at the British Open at St. Andrews. And uh, I try to leave him alone, but we were talking about that 17th hole. But Eric's over there, and uh, I I try to get one of your hybrid shots or five woods or whatever it was. But it just every swing, it wasn't like, oh, let me see the next swing. Maybe that's the good one. What 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 about that? Your swing is so darn oh, consistent. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, kind of been refined through a lot of uh, those years I talked about on mini tours and stuff, and. Uh, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm not the longest hitter. So I think uh, I have to be maybe a little more consistent than other guys. And, you know, my iron play is very important for me and obviously chipping and putting. But, uh, yeah, you know, I try and keep it as simple as possible. And the less uh, moving parts you have in your swing, the less can go wrong. Do you feel like a little less pressure on you in a tournament because you're kind of sneaking up on everybody and the spotlight's not on you yet? But then when you start to win, it obviously will shine it bright on you. Like, who's this young kid? Yeah. This I mean, new guy? I don't know. I think as you play better, you know, there's stuff that comes with it. Uh, you know, some more articles are written about you. There's some TV around you and stuff. But uh, most of my pressure kind of comes from uh, me personally. You know, like I'm just out there trying to hold myself to like a really high standard uh, that I think I could achieve. So, uh you know, I, I try not to let the other stuff uh, bother me or affect me too much. But, uh, you know, as you play better, that's stuff that comes with good golf. And I'm certainly trying to play as good as I can. So I, I'm uh, I'm all for the extra attention and stuff that comes with it. That seems to be a common factor with uh, professionals who can look past all the stuff that the fans are watching and, and get to the point. Yeah, no, you- it's, it's just part of it's something that comes with playing well so if you're not uh you know you work so hard to try and be ready and try and play well if you're not uh if you don't have a positive uh opinion about the stuff that comes with it then it's kind of like what did you work so hard for so that's kind of the way i i try and think about it i clearly worked hard enough to get here after probably some disappointment on the way jack dempsey said a champion is a guy who gets up off the canvas when he can't and that seems to be what you've done persistently. And now here you are in the championship bout. As, uh, you know, my hat's off to you for, for oh, your persistence. Yeah, thank you very much. No, it's, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, that's something people would say about me is that I'm persistent. And, you know, I uh, didn't really give up much. And, you know, I tried uh, as hard as I could. So those are all good things uh, to hear about yourself. And I definitely feel that way. Like, you know, I, I, I like I said I thought I would be out there sooner and I saw a bunch of friends of mine play well and have success out there and it's definitely uh hard to stay positive and stuff but with the right people around you it makes it a little bit easier well you have interesting people around you you used to caddy for Arnold Palmer's grandson right that's correct yeah and then uh you show up there there in uh earlier this year mm-hmm. it's a great storyline that's important who's around you because there's a, there's so much negativity i mean look at just how they're jumping on lexi thompson and you know and she did play mm-hmm. well in the solheim mm-hmm. cup you know she was the last pick but 
it you, you know it comes with the territory i guess you're out there for sure yeah there's a lot of noise um you know there's people that are saying good stuff about you people that are saying bad stuff about you but if you kind of just in my opinion if you kind of just focus on what you're doing do a bunch of little things right and have those people in your corner kind of for both when the when it's going good and when it's going bad, I think it's important. You know, they kind of keep you grounded when you think that you're uh, better than you probably are, and they also lift you up when uh, when you really need it. So it's it's an important part of uh, professional golf these days. It looks like you're letting the social media world to you. You're not bringing them. You're not fishing them in, which is I think mm-hmm. awesome because you don't need to. You have enough. Really interesting. What about the genetics? What about your mom and your dad? So Charlie Woods is got mm-hmm. looking good so far. He's got one parent yeah. that's a golfer. You have two parents that have one, are professional yeah. golfers on the LPGA tour. Your mom Laura and Bobby, your father. Is that any of that genetics? Or I mean, that's just uh, two good people to have around you to uh, help you with your swing and learn how to play golf when I was younger and bounce ideas off now. So. Um... Yeah, I was always around golf when I was young, and I was very lucky to have both of them playing in professional tournaments and kind of saw how cool that was and what a life, uh, you know, they were living inside the ropes. And I kind of, you know, made my mind up pretty young that I think I want to try and do that. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been great to have them supporting me this this whole time and this long journey to get to where I am now. Pound for pound, who hits it farther, your mother or you? She yeah, came I mean, to Wink, but yeah. she was the second longest hitter supposedly behind Joanne Carner. Yeah. And she wasn't nearly the size of yeah, Joanne she, Carner. She's a smaller uh, woman, but she uh, definitely gets a lot out of it. And uh, I mean, she's got a very good technical swing, which helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say if, if, if I were to pick between me and her, I'd say she probably hits it further pound for pound. Good answer. Good answer. Cause she's obviously going to watch this. I would assume <laughs> you pound for pound have to be up in the top 10. I know Rory's the longest. Yeah. And then Brandon Matthews was in there, and this Aberg's pretty close, and Wyndham Clark, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're all Rory's yeah. not big, but Aberg and Wyndham Clark are well yeah, over six most feet. Yeah, most of the guys that hit it far tend to be bigger. I think that's kind of just makes a lot of sense. But there's, uh, I mean, Rory's not tall, but you know, I mean, he's in great shape and uh, gets a lot out of uh, his frame. And then uh, there's there's a few other guys that are smaller that hit it far. Unfortunately, I'm not really uh, one of them, but... Uh, What's the furthest you hit it in an event this year? Antonio, I uh, had kind of a rough... Uh, I made the turn on the, on Sunday, and I uh, my caddy and I joke about it all the time. My ball speed's normally like 175 or in that area, and I made a, two really bad bogeys back-to-back, and the last four holes on uh, TBC San Antonio were all kind of downwind for me, and... Um, I just swung as hard as I could and I got like low 180s ball speed. So when we went back and looked at it, we had a good laugh about that. So I can I can do okay if I hit it hard. But for me, the harder I go at it, I can't really keep it on the on the golf course. So I try and uh, focus more on straight and so I can hit it again. Yeah. If you look at your 14 tee shots or 12 with a driver, whatever it is, they're usually straight or maybe yard draw. I normally draw it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think it's just my frame. I'm smaller and I have long arms. So I kind of swing the club around me a little more. I would like to be a big, high fading, uh, natural ball flight, but again, that's not really my, my thing. And I think it's important not to get too far away from, you know, what the skills you have and the way you swing it, because it's easy to see those, you know, great players on tour 
that are capable of these unbelievable things and hitting shots that, you know, look a little unfamiliar to me. It's easy to want to want to try and do that. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that's one good thing about me going, taking the uh, longer road to the PJ tour is, you know, I didn't, once I got there, I didn't try and change too much. Like you see with some younger rookies. Yeah. Get on the PGA tour and let's change it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, it happens. So, yeah. so three quick questions. There's some debate. Is it 54 wins? Is it 90 wins? Is, I, I don't know. And I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't know what the actual, it's a lot is. though. Yeah. So there's a tour that runs down here called the minor league golf tour. Um, it's actually had a lot of great players play on it. Um, but on that tour, I think it's like, yeah, middle 50s. But I've played a lot of mini tours all over the country and in Florida. So I, I definitely have more than that, but I'm not sure exactly what the what the Just a note, and you know, one less than a degree of separation, congratulations on the Frank Fuhrer win. Thank you. In Pittsburgh. You. Yeah. So I went to school with uh, the Wagners. So you probably know yeah. Chick Wagner. Yeah, yeah. But that I don't know the Fuhrers that well, but Frank Fuhrer's son, did win at Wingfoot, the Anderson. He came with mm -hmm. a fellow named John Birmingham. I don't know if he's also a member. I think they were both coming from Oakmont. Okay. But you mentioned your caddy. Tell us, tell us about your caddy. His dad uh, is Russ Cochran. Uh, lefty played the PGA Tour for a long time. Plays the Champions Tour still a little bit. Um, his son, Reed, uh, caddies for me. So we met up and kind of linked up on the Corn Ferry Tour um, in twenty. 22 i guess at the beginning oh, so you of didn't know year. him from your ins and outs here not no. real well i mean i knew him because he caddied out there and i was you know friendly with him but i i didn't have a close relationship with him but i play a ton of golf with his dad and uh you know like we kind of just knew each other through that and then finally kind of paired up together and i think it's been a good run so far for both of us that's the other <laughs> thing we see three two things with billy and i we, we don't know anything like you do Stop changing putters. Yeah. Stop changing caddies. Yeah. You got enough to worry about. Stop changing Orlemars. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, most of the time, the golf it takes you to get to the, in my opinion, the golf it takes you to get to the PGA Tour, if you don't let the stage and the environment mess you up too much, is normally plenty good to have uh, some success out there. And, you know, I think it's a common thing you see is younger guys that don't necessarily know that. Uh, will come out and probably change a little bit too much. Well, and it's, a, you know, the bounces. Yeah. You know, one bounce one way, one bounce another. It happens to all of us when we play golf, not at your level, but sometimes well, they're going in, sometimes they're lipping out. I'm going to bring up that bounce after, after I – so there's three guys. You're in that list now. Tiger is in the list. Brooks Kepka's is in the list. You're in the list. A 10-footer for a lot of money on the line. I'm betting on either one of you three guys. Why are you such a good 10 foot putt? Assuming is it because you read them so good? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that is a very kind thing to say to put me in the group with those guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's just something that comes with um, a lot of practice and, you know, if, if I wasn't a good putter, then I think I, I would be really uh, hard pressed to get out there and play well. Just, it's a, almost a necessary thing for me being uh, kind of an average hitter and, you know, not having some of the tools that the other guys do. But, uh, yeah, no, I certainly work hard on my putting. And um, I would like to uh, – I, I, I would always like it to be, be better. So I'm going to do a little work on it here when we get done with this. So. <laughs> you have a high confidence level. When you stand over a putt, you think, I'm making this. Yeah, you know, that it, it, it ebbs and flows, I think, like it does for anyone else. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm I'm trying to feel pretty confident. You know, I focus – 
uh, you know, and just starting the ball online and having good speed. So I try and keep it very simple, very reactionary. The less thoughts you have going on in your mind, uh, the better off you are. You know, you hear that from a lot of great old school putters and stuff that, you know, they're just thinking about the putt for one or two seconds when they're over it. And then they're, you know, thinking about something else. So the, this, the simpler you can make it, I think, is a great thing for uh, anyone out there, really. Somebody we talked to, right, Billy, said that Jack Nicholas, why he stood over it so long, he was getting all the thoughts out of his head. Mm -hmm. That's why he stayed over it. So I never heard this before. I just thought he was a slow player. He was trying to get his head totally uh, blank. So confluence of events is something that came up when we were talking about Billy with Billy Harmon, who's, you know, been out there like you and mm -hmm. longtime caddy with Jay Haas and not without his faults. And mm -hmm. he had he's told us many funny faults with jay and you know the the three wood on Bastards, uh, yeah wood on 15 at augusta it hmm. was two it was like 250 i'm rough roughing it and he he told they jay, had, they had oh. agreed not to go for it unless jay's drive reached a certain point billy told him it reached that point so. <laughs> and jay nodded it and, and jay, jay nodded it and billy's going get there, go, get there. Go. jay says don't worry about it it's there and, uh, and then he told us later on, the next tournament is always uh, the Seabon Harbortown yep. Classic. And and they agreed to meet, I guess, on Monday at 730. As he said, Jay Haas didn't like to practice. Mm -hmm. He went right to whatever event they had to go to. And maybe it was Tuesday. And uh, on the way over there, he, you know, Billy Harmon said, as a recovering Catholic, I have to kind of uh, make it a confession to you. I have to fess up. Yeah. Yeah, and that point, Tejas, you mean you lied to me by 10 yards on the second <laughs> shot at 15? He said, you knew about that all the time? He That's said funny. he said to Jay, he said, so what happens if that ball goes in the water? He said, well, we're not here. Yeah, Levi, <laughs> yeah he, That's he wouldn't funny. be here with me today. If, if the, yeah. You had a similar situation. I'm not going to rehash every whole you, – you played so well. Your record stands for itself. But you, you had – I think a near perfect shot. You talk about a bounce, Billy, but the second shot looked yeah. like you went right just a little left of the pin, hit the green, he got a really hard bounce and went into a bunker, which is not normally bad, bad for you, but that was a really hard bunker yeah. shot. It was a lot of carry. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a really good second shot. That was a five wood for me, and I was uh, I'm not sure what the yards it was, but it was like 255 or something, and I normally hit my five wood like two low 240s, maybe 245 at the most. And obviously I was pretty jacked up and uh, trying to win. And I hit a really good shot where I didn't even draw it much. I kind of actually held it, uh, which is a big accomplishment for me in any shot, especially in that scenario. And it just hit a little firm. And I'm not sure if there was anywhere else I could have really hit that ball. I guess if I hit it way left with a bad shot, it might've worked out better because where that ball ended up over the green was pretty short side. I actually hit a very, very good bunker shot to get it to, uh, you know, a makeable <laughs> and a very, very good 10 foot putt. Yeah, that should have gone right and hit the left lip. And that's just the confluence of events. That's yeah. what that is. You yeah. get more of those, you know. I, yeah, I, you play uh, good enough to win, and the ball just, yeah, said I mean, not today. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. <laughs> I was definitely trying uh, everything I could to make that ball go in. But he's also six inches from being dead against one of Florida's palm trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it, I was talking to Reed about it after, you know, sometimes it's almost a good thing that uh, 
you know, you, he didn't hit the best drive and then he could lay up and he kind of was able to be aggressive with his third shot. Um, you know, like me going for that green, like I wasn't going to lay up from 255. So, you know, like there's not a whole lot to that pin. It's very uh, severe. So there's not a whole lot of good spots that the ball was going to end up going for it. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it just worked out that way. And hopefully next time I uh, find a way to keep it on the green or make that putt or get a different result. Well, your Florida swing was really good. You went to the players. I mean, tied for 27th with Danny Willett, Ryan Fox, Wyndham Clark, Brendan Todd. I mean, a couple of those guys, you know, <laughs> major winners. Uh, Wyndham Clark is a major winner and a mm -hmm. Ryder Cupper. So what does that do for your, again, your 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 memory book? Yeah, the players specifically. The, yeah, yeah, and and how you played so well there. That was the yeah. first time you played in the tournament. Yeah, that was there. the first time there. I'd caddy there for Sam Saunders before, yep. um, but I had never played it. And I actually uh, I made eagle on sixteen yep. on Friday to make the cut uh, <laughs> on the number. So I was, uh, you know, I didn't really play all that well the first two days and had a decent finish there. And then I I, I did play much better uh, Saturday and Sunday and. I'm not sure what I shot, but it was kind of nice Couple to move up, move, yeah, move up the leaderboard and, you know, in a big field like that, hit some, uh, some really good shots with, uh, you know, a lot of people watching there on 17. It's no point to needle uh, Shane Lowry, who's lives here and mm -hmm. plays here, but you beat him and you also beat uh, Sam Burns, no point in needling him, but then you go Mexico. Have you played a tournament ever in Mexico? Uh, I played a corn fairy event, but never a PJ it's tour. It's a different event. thing over there. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a uh, so uh, Reed, my caddy, had uh, his brother's wedding, so I had a friend of mine, Hunter O'Mahony, uh, who's a member here at Tequesta, go down there and caddy for me. So we went down there and stayed, and uh, it's you know Greg Norman course, which a lot of times uh, don't set up best for me because he's uh puts a big highlight on driving the ball far and straight yeah. uh so uh but i had a good week down there played well and it was cool to kind of you know i didn't have a great chance to win because they were uh i think tony finau and john rom were out in front in that yep. one um but it was still good to be in the you know one of those last groups and be near the lead with a lot going on and to share that with hunter was pretty cool yeah but they're yeah, rom and finau are not going to give you any help there no. Yeah, you know, that course definitely set up more for uh, for those bigger hitter type of players. But, uh, you know, I was I was happy with the way I played in that tournament for sure. Anything in the top 10 in the PGA Tour is a good week. Well, then you move to, uh, like I would say, the mate, the the players is a major in my book. It, mm. it doesn't count in the majors kind of counting system. But and well, then it doesn't back, in the financial end of it. Yeah, sure. It does. It's a it's a double. <laughs> It's a big purse. Yeah. Uh, then you have, I think, a Byron Nelson is a big event and PGA. So the PGA is up in Rochester. Craig Harmon's old golf course. Mm -hmm. You know, Craig? Uh, I don't really know. No, I mean, I know who he is, obviously. But Some interesting holes there that, that really did a nice job. Was, it, was there that par three there, that short little par three? The short one, yeah, yeah. 15. Yeah. yeah, that was a great little hole. Um, I know they redid that a lot. Uh, I never played it before, but... Apparently there was water on the right before. Yeah, they got rid they, of the water, right? Now they made a big, steep uh, little chipping area <laughs> that you definitely did not want to go down there. Not as even as good as you are. Yeah, so it was <laughs> uh, it was a lot of uh, attention on that little short shot. Yeah, the short. So when, when you first show up on the PGA Tour as a rookie, how how do people? I, I assume everybody treats you differently, but is it is it a welcoming experience, or everybody's in their own head and they don't care if you're there or not? How, how does that feel? 
Uh, I think it's a a mix. I mean, uh, I I knew some of the, know some of those guys just from uh, years of golfing, or they have some of them have you know just been around me and down here in South Florida and stuff. Um, so you know, I definitely have a few friends that were out there, and then you know, a lot of guys are just focused on their own stuff. It's probably not uh, you know the same PGA Tour that my dad came out on and played. You know, in the sixties and seventies, you know, they they were a little more buddy uh, buddy. They were playing it's for the less fraternity. Yeah, yeah, they were playing for less money. It probably more mirrors uh, mini tour golf now, where guys are traveling together more often. Um, like you know, they would have on the PGA tour back then, but now, you know, a lot of guys have a team around them and, uh, you know, it's big, big business out there. So they're focused and trying to play the best they can. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a mix. There's a few guys that I know, and there's, you know, a lot of guys that are, you know, doing their own thing for the most part, everyone's really nice. You know, I wouldn't say they're rooting for you, but they're not rooting against you either. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's the nature of golf. In my opinion, it's hard to root against somebody ever. Yeah, I mean, they're not rooting against you, but it's competitive and, you know, they're trying to beat you and um, that's... They'd rather you didn't make the putt, but they're not rooting against it. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I think that's a good thing. That's how you want it. You want it to be uh, everyone's trying to put their best foot forward and play as well as they can. And I think that creates the best environment for, <laughs> for fans to watch and for, you know, it to be on display. Is That's that's exactly what you want. Not a lot of Noonans. Noonan. <laughs> we just did an episode... <laughs> With, uh, it's broken, I tell you. Danny Noonan's brother, uh, Billy, uh, Billy O'Keefe. So you come through these small holes. There was a really short hole at uh, L.A. Country Club. It had promise. I don't think that hole lived up to the promise and excitement. Or... Well, they played it. Then one day, I guess Saturday, they played it about like 90. 88 yards or yeah. something. So uh, it was funny on the range. Uh, you know, the caddies know where the tees are and what the yards is going to be. So I have my launch monitor and I was on the range hitting teed up 60s about teed up like a like a low driver trying to get it to stop as fast as I could and trying to get the yardage right. So that's something that I don't think I know I've never done before. And I saw some other guys trying to trying to do something special there to get it, get it, just keep it on the on the surface on that hole was was pretty tough. Hit it out there to see if it hit and to see if it would stop. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to stop a short. Yeah, well, I mean, one one you don't really hit a sixty degree off a tee that often, uh, really ever. And then uh, you know, I was just experimenting with teeing it up pretty high and trying to get it up way up in the air and what that was going to do for the distance and spin. So it was definitely a, a unique experience. But on the other side, the other par threes on that course were 300 yards. So it yeah, was a, yeah. uh, it was a yeah. mix. But that um, one that you, so you get to, you get to hit the 60 point. degree on all of them. What was the whole? Yeah, was, right, yeah. <laughs> the, there was a wide green, and it wasn't even a deep green. The one uh, was it the front nine, like the six or the seven? Yeah, seven. It was probably a three wood or maybe yeah. a driver. I mean, yeah, I hit three no wood. Point. I know I hit three wood on it. It was 299 one day, and the hole before that is a drivable hole. And the day that the par three was 299, the hole before it was 287, and it was a par four. So yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff going on that maybe, week. But... Maybe we're getting closer to forgetting about par and just playing a golf <laughs> yeah. course. Because, um, well, All right, so. But Alistair McKenzie would advise, he said people pay too much attention to the threes and fours, just play the game. Yeah, I think that's, a good, I think that's great advice. I mean, one 
I wouldn't say it's easy, but one good thing is that the greens are so firm. So it says 299 on TV, but the, you know, the front of the green is let's say 265 or something. Yeah. And really that's all the further you're trying yeah. to hit it. So um, with how firm it is and how much is going on, you definitely do not want to go over those greens. So even though like you're almost laying up to the front edge with the hope it kind of gets into the middle of the green or something, but uh, yeah, to your point, it's, you know, you're just trying to hit a good shot up there to where you can have a chance to make a three. Well, I think it's better for us than seeing a 220 yard par three and you're hitting a seven iron or a <laughs> six iron or whatever it is. And and that's just not human, right, Billy? Come on. We're hitting <laughs> no. driver and some like 13 West at wing footers, 17 East at wing foot into the wind. Those are both over 200 yards and possible right. threes. Yeah. I, I think it's just good. Uh, you know, like the USGA did a good job, like, the whole locations and the way that just LACC course design, even though those holes were really long, they were kind of set up, like I said, to, to, to play it as a really long hole. It wasn't like, you know, a really severe green along with a 300 yard shot. So I thought that was really. There's a certain amount of artistry in the way they set up the course. I think it's not as easy as it looks. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you have, uh, you know, 156 very knowledgeable people that are going to critique it as they play it. All the players, yeah. we all think that we're the best course designers and course setup people of all time. Um, just from playing so much golf, we just think that we know better. And I don't really think that's uh, the case because they have a they have a tough job. And, you know, you hear about when they do something wrong, but you don't really hear that much when they do everything right, which is much, much more. Common. They, they get it right. The PGA yeah. Tour does a great job. OK, so let's tee this up a little bit. This phenom Ludwig Aberg, he's mm -hmm. from my my heritage. He's a Swede mm -hmm. and maybe he's new to guys like us. But what do you think about this guy's swing? Easy. The answer to that question lies in his golf swing with one very specific motion. It's this motion that is, in many ways, the secret to a silk. So yeah. what is he doing that he, this this uh, um, well, expert is telling us about? Yeah, I'm not sure specifically what he's referring to, but I played with uh, Ludwig in uh, the first two rounds of Bay Hill this year, and then I played with him the final round of John Deere when wow. he shot 63. And uh, he is very, very good. He's... Uh, got a lot of ability it's he drives the ball unbelievably well you know uh bay hill i think it was still an amateur when i played with him at bay hill i don't think he turned pro he turned yet. pro in june yeah so he was still an am amateur at that time and it was windy it was firm that course is extremely difficult um and he he drove the ball uh very very well uh he doesn't curve the ball much he flights it extremely straight um and he hits it high so put all that together and he's also a very good putter so so let's he doesn't do much wrong. Put it that way. <laughs> let's take a look at your swing. Hold on one second. Yeah, he shot uh, 63 the last round of John Deere, and it was a very wow, very simple 63. It could have been could have been lower uh, pretty easily. So he uh, 63 that could have been lower. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, he, so he's extremely good. So here's your swing in our last minute or so. But here's your swing by somebody, and it's there's two or three sequences of it. Let's look at your swing. All right. Oh, it's slow. Oh, so this is actually taking Wow. See that head, Billy? It's in the box. Your head's not moving at all. Your head's over there. My head's over there. It's the box. 
So here it is from the beginning. No time. I keep it up in chat. You can see the surf. Spin off that ball, which is why you see me kind of have a little bit of an abbreviated follow through there. Yeah. I'm just trying to take some spin off. You don't want so. to suck back into that bunker. Yeah, exactly. Hey, before we get cut off, Eric, after you win your next tournament, which could be in the next couple of weeks, will you come back on and talk to us again? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I'm, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll uh, hopefully have some time off around to Cuesta and uh, I'd be happy to. All right. Well, this has been great. I don't I, bet I, golf, but I'm going to make an exception the next time you're up there. I'm going to be playing you to win. So if you ever right, want to play wing foot in a practice round for the 2028 Open, you know who to talk to, Billy or me. There we go. Thanks for joining Billy us Casper, today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please Marky. subscribe to the Two show. Hour. And hit Claude the bell Harmon. icon so you get notified. Movie classics. Of new episodes. Mark Gable. Hit them hard. Job. And hit them off. That's 36 holes.